We light the Christ candle. And we listen to the Apostle John. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I have come into the world as a light, so that no one who believes in me should stay in the darkness. Jesus Christ is our life and our light. In his name and in his power, let us worship God. Good morning, Creston Church. Our call to worship this morning comes from the lectionary readings for this second Sunday of Epiphany. This call to worship, I'll be reading some lines and then we can all join in and I'll hold up a sheet of paper so you can follow along as well. Join me in this call to worship. Let us worship the one who calls us. Here we are, ready or not, called by the one who lived and died and rose to live again among us. Here we are, ready or not, bringing our everyday selves to praise and to pray, to know the Holy One in the midst of our lives. Let us worship the one who calls us. Welcome to worship, Creston Church. We've been praying for you as you've been gathering for worship in all your different watching and listening places. We pray that each one of you will have an encounter with our living God. The good news for us today is that our living God is right here in this space, and he's right there with you, wherever you are. If this is the first time that you've joined us for worship, welcome. You can find out more about our church by visiting our website, CrestonChurch.org. Feel free to send us an email if you'd like us to get in touch. Today we continue the season of Epiphany, a season celebrating the revelation of the Savior, the light of the world. You can find today's order of service in today's email. It contains everything that you need to participate fully in our worship service, including responsive readings and singing. So be bold, speak out loud, and join in on the singing. Even though we're in our separate physical locations, God recognizes our corporate work worship that we all together offer to him. Now as we continue our worship, I invite you to stand in body or in spirit perhaps to stretch out your hands as a visible sign of receiving God's greeting to us as we begin our worship time together, right along with everyone else who's watching and listening. People of God, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to set us free from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, 
to whom be the glory forever and ever. And God's people say together, Amen. Please join me for our morning prayer. Almighty Lord God, you gave your Son, Jesus Christ, to be the light of the world. We praise and magnify your holy name, that in him you have revealed the wonder of your saving love to all people. While those of old who brought their tribute to his feet, confessing him as King of heaven and earth, right along with them we now present the worship of our grateful hearts, asking you to give us grace to give ourselves to you. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Listen now to this prayer of confession. God of grace, in the days when your word was rarely heard and when visions were scarce, you broke into Samuel's life and called his name. And he said, here I am, speak, for your servant is listening. We confess that often so many voices clamor for our attention that your word is again hard to hear. Forgive us. If you have called us to be prophetic witnesses or to use our gifts to serve you and we have not heard or we have been unwilling to respond. Lord Jesus Christ, you met Philip and Nathaniel on the road and said, follow me. And they did. We confess that we do not expect to meet you on familiar roads we travel. And so we fail to discern your presence or your call on our lives. Holy Spirit, you empower us to recognize and to respond to the invitation of Jesus to follow him. Even when that means traveling on unknown and unfamiliar paths. Merciful God, take from us all that hinders our hearing 
your voice and fill us anew with the Holy Spirit that we may joyfully respond to Jesus' call on our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hear this good news. The God who challenges us is also the God who encourages us. The God who confronts us is also the God who accepts us. Be assured that God is with us even now, accepting, guiding, and forgiving. Thanks be to God.
Our worship also includes our offerings, as we have been just reminded once again of God's grace toward each one of us, our best response is to offer our entire lives back to God. Offering our money is just one very special way that we can do that. During these times of being apart, you may give your gifts using the postal system or our online giving process, making sure to clearly designate which causes you'd like your offering to be shared with. The deacons are very pleased to acknowledge your faithful and continued giving to the ministries of Creston Church. They encourage you to also consider our special offerings that are listed in the Friday emails. Today's special offering is for the Christian Education Fund of Creston Church, which is a fund that assists parents who would like to send their children to a Christian school. Our weekly offering is for the other ministries of our church and our denomination. What God has called us to do as a church here in this neighborhood and in our city, and what God has called us to do as a denomination all around the world. May God bless you as you give. Please remember to check the Friday email. It contains lots of information for you about our church family and the ongoing ministries of Creston Church. This week's edition of the Friday email contains these highlights, a survey from the reopening task force, an update from the pastor search committee, snow day extravaganza on January 30, collecting our advent stones, notes from the January council meeting, workshops hosted by Congregations Organizing for Racial Reconciliation, or CORE, Right to Life Memorial, and the Calvin University Worship Symposium, and opportunities for our children and youth right here at Creston Church. Always feel free to share prayer concerns with us so that we may hold one another up in our prayers during the week and include them in our worship time prayers. I'd like to pray, share the prayer concern that we've received this past week. When I say, Lord, in your mercy, please respond with, hear our prayer. Since Christmas, Joel's dad has been in and out of the hospital. They think COVID may have flared up his lupus, which has thrown his blood way out of whack. <clears throat> his lupus, history of clotting, and his recent strokes have made things a bit tricky to get back into balance. Neurology, rheumatology, and hematology have been putting their heads together to come up with a good prognosis. But they do admit that Joel's dad's case has been a bit of a conundrum for them. The bleeding seems to slowly be getting better, but he still has some cognitive issues. Currently, he's in Mary Freebed for intense inpatient rehab. It will be a long recovery as he works to regain his balance, motor skills, and cognition. Joel and his family are praying that he continues on this upward path because it's been one step forward and two steps backward for quite a while now. Please pray for Joel's mom, too, as she walks alongside him and thankfully can be with him at Mary Freebed. Thank you for your continued prayers. Lord, in your mercy, 
Hear our prayer. Remember to be on the lookout to see God at work in your life. Be sure to share God's story with us by sending an email or perhaps making a video that we can watch together. Please join me for our prayers of the people. God of new beginnings, as we conclude the recent holiday season and celebrate now your epiphany, we recognize that we are even now forging ahead into a new year. As we've been looking back on the year gone by, we see so many things, things that grieve us, things that cause us to rejoice, things that surprise us in ways both good and bad, and things that concern us. For our congregation, O oh Lord, any given year is often a time of highs and lows, of births and of deaths, of exciting opportunities and of unfulfilled hopes. Yet you are the faithful God who stays with us in and through it all. When we ascend into heights of joy, you are there to receive the words of fear and our rejoicing and uncertainty, and you are there to hold our hand in the darkness, to assure us that we are not alone. When we walk level paths as we go about ordinary tasks, you walk with us, gracing the fruit of our hands with your own sacred benediction. We confess, Father, that because we do not always behave the way we desire for ourselves, there are times when your abiding presence makes us squirm, when the brilliance of your light makes us scurry for cover. We are ashamed of some of the things that we do as you walk alongside us, of some of the thoughts we entertain in the deep places of our hearts, places that are, even so, not hidden from you. Yet in your grace, you continue to stick with us, so that we find your faithful constancy as our companion in joys and sorrows to be a source of relief, of assurance, of repose. Thank you for being with us through the many twists and turns that our paths took last year. And now as we can enter a new year, bathed in the sacred light of Epiphany, we sense once again anew how much we need your providential presence. We know that in past months, loved ones have died. Pre precious jobs were suddenly terminated. Illnesses that we did not even remotely suspect were diagnosed. And suddenly all of life changed. We didn't see any of those things coming, O oh God. And we do not have eyesight that can penetrate the months ahead in this new month and year. All we can do is petition you for mercy and strength to face what is to come. But we pray too that you will keep us in good health, in perfect safety, and in the knowledge that we are loved by you and also by family and friends. We need that sense of love, O oh God, because we know there are so many around us in life who lack this awareness. So many are lonely. So many endured the holiday season 
with only a grim determination to help them keep getting out of bed in the morning. They had no parties to attend, received no Christmas cards in the mail, had few, if any, for whom to buy gifts or from whom to receive them. The lonely among us are often also the invisible among us. But you see them, and by the goading and prompting of your spirit, you can enable us to see them as well. Minister to them, and help us to minister to those who find the cosmos a barren and cold place. Befriend the friendless, swaddle in love the unloved, take compassion on the bereft, the childless, the lonely. And do all of that, O God, through us and through the love, friendship, and compassion we ourselves offer to this community. Hear us as we pray, Sacred Father. For any here today who feels so constricted by doubt, anger, or grief that they cannot pray, assure them that we, along with many others, are praying for them. Bless us in the balance of this service, even as you have already blessed us and graced us by your presence as we together glorify you in our worship. Through Christ Jesus, the light of Epiphany, the light of the world, we pray. Amen. Our children have the opportunity every week to join in on their own video or audio time of children's worship. Let's share this blessing with God, with each other, and with you, our children. All together, the Lord be with you and also with you. It is our privilege at this time of our worship service to turn to God's word. We have an opportunity to read it and then to give some consideration to the passage. I invite you to take your Bibles and turn with me to the Gospel of John. John chapter 1. It's in the New Testament. The order begins with Matthew and Mark and Luke and John. John chapter 1. Now I invite you to join me in prayer. Eternal God, in the reading of your word, may your word be heard. In the meditations of our hearts, may your word be known. And in the faithfulness of our lives, may your word be shown. Amen. John chapter 1. We'll begin reading at verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip 
like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. And he then added, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. On Tuesday, February 25 of 2020, I arrived at the Ministry Center of Creston Church for my very first day as your interim pastor. Obviously, I had successfully found the building, and in my car were many of my tools that I planned to use, things that I was very familiar with. There was my computer, my books, some pictures. I didn't need to find them. They were already in my possession. I found the set of keys that had been given to me and set out to fit find out which one would open that front door. Next, I found the correct light switch to light my way down the hallway. Arriving at the door to my study, I found the correct key to open that one. Once inside the study, I found a number of binders full of information. I found out all about the council, committees, and staff. I found suggestions for places to eat and do other business right here in the Creston neighborhood. Soon, I wandered around the rest of the building. I found all their other light switches and stairways to the basement, restrooms, and kitchen. Over the next few days, I began to find my way around the Creston neighborhood, and I found the best route to travel from my home to the church. When I took a walk next door to here in the church building, I found the correct key to open that door. And once inside, I found more light switches and more hallways and more rooms and more stairways to the sanctuary and all those rooms down in the basement. What a lot of findings. Starting a new job often requires finding a lot of things for the very first time. For the first 30 years of his life, Jesus lived with his family and learned and worked at his carpentry trade along with his father Joseph. 
It wasn't until he arrived at the Jordan River and was baptized that he began his public ministry. Soon after, a few people began to follow him, including Andrew and Peter. Andrew had told Peter, we have found the Messiah. They even called him rabbi or teacher. But beyond these very few people, Jesus did not yet have very many followers. John the Baptist had been talking about the Messiah's soon-to-take-place arrival. But until he showed up at the river, no one even knew who the Messiah might be. Rabbis have students and followers, but that at the moment, Rabbi Jesus has very few of them. Today, in 2020, Jesus certainly has found quite a few more followers, including all of us. About one in four Americans is a practicing Christian. We're about 83 million people. Of the almost 8 billion people in the world, two and a half billion people are Christians, or about 30%. That does mean that there is potential for five and a half billion people to become followers of Jesus in our world. And almost 250 million Americans could become practicing Christians. Jesus, our rabbi, our teacher, is still looking for followers. Two days after his baptism, Jesus decides to head north toward Galilee. At some point, he finds Philip. Philip grew up in the town of Bethsaida on the northeast shore of the Sea of Galilee, and not too far from Capernaum to the west, which is his current hometown. Andrew and Peter are from the very same places. Rabbi Jesus finds Philip. They introduce themselves, get acquainted a little, and then Jesus boldly says, follow me. Without any further description in our text, Philip does just that. He instantly becomes a follower of Rabbi Jesus. Dale Bruner writes, follow me is an earthy, not especially religious phrase, and means simply, be my student, join my school. I'd like for you to be one of my group. What is unusual is that here, instead of the student applying to the teacher as normally happened, we have the teacher inviting the student. This is way out of the ordinary for Jewish rabbis and their disciples. Philip is quickly and easily convinced that this Jesus is someone special. Not wanting to keep his change of heart to himself, he finds his friend Nathaniel in order to share the news of his change in occupation of being a disciple, as well as to introduce his rabbi to his friend. Listen to his statement of his less than one day old faith. We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, 
Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Not only does Jesus find Philip, but Philip is thrilled about finding Jesus. Nathaniel, on the other hand, isn't so easily convinced. When Philip finds his friend Nathaniel, Nathaniel isn't impressed at all with Philip's new occupation and his announcement. Listen to his sneer. Nazareth. Can anything good come from there? Nazareth is to the west of the Sea of Galilee. Bruner writes, we learn later in John chapter 21, verse 2, that Nathanael himself is from Cana in Galilee, a neighboring village less than 10 miles away from Nazareth. Perhaps is there some neighborhood rivalry? Contempt for obscure places? Knowledge of scripture, apparently Nathanael's specialty, and so of Nazareth's absence from the scriptures? Expectations of a more impressive pedigree for the Messiah? Obviously, Nathaniel has a pretty low view of the hometown of this rabbi that Philip seems to be so excited about. Instead of getting into a great debate, Philip simply says, come and see for yourself. So Nathaniel gets up from his spot under the fig tree. Most likely, as a faithful Jew, Nathaniel has been sitting there in the shade, studying and praying. And heading down the road, they finally approach Jesus, who astounds Nathaniel with his perception of Nathaniel's effort at keeping his Jewish faith, as well as his unseen knowledge of his time and actions spent under that fig tree. This guy might be from the lowly town of Nazareth, but if he knows what kind of person Nathaniel is and where he has been, maybe he is someone special. And just like that, Nathaniel has an instant change of heart. In that moment, Nathaniel, instead of sneering, without fully understanding yet, acknowledges three truths about Jesus. He makes his own instant profession of faith. You are a rabbi. You are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And now Nathanael agrees with Philip. Jesus is the promised one of the scriptures. When Jesus finds Philip, who finds Nathanael, both of these men have a change of heart and they express their newfound faith in Jesus. However, their brand new faith is hardly well formed. They barely know this rabbi and have just begun to follow him. Jesus is fully aware of this and he doesn't berate them at all. Instead, he whets their appetite for the many awesome sights that they will see in the future. They'll see and hear things even more astounding than Jesus knowing all about Nathanael and his activities. Very truly, I tell you, 
or as the Greek says literally, amen, amen, I say to all of you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Angels of God ascending and descending. We've heard this before, back in September. In Genesis 28, Jacob has that dream at Bethel when he sees the angels of God ascending and descending. The runaway Jacob can see God at the top of that ramp in heaven, connected to this fearful sleeper at the bottom on the earth. I am with you, connected to you, was God's message to Jacob. <clears throat> Nathaniel knows about this dream of Jacob's, but Jesus makes a wording change. Instead of a ramp or a stairway of steps, the Son of Man is the connection between heaven and earth. Jesus liked to use the Son, the son of Man phrase to describe himself. This name comes from Daniel's mysterious vision in Daniel chapter 7, where the Son of Man is granted universal regal authority. The Son of Man is a profound sort of word overlapping. Jesus is God's Son, while at the same time he's a human being. Jesus tells Nathaniel and Philip that he, Jesus, is the connection between heaven and earth, between God and people. Unlike Jacob's dream, Jesus tells the two men that heaven will remain permanently opened as a result of all that Jesus will do in the coming three years. As a result of his life, death, and resurrection, people will be able to be connected to God. God and people will be able to find each other. But it will be quite a long time before Philip and Nathaniel fully grasp this good news. They have no idea what is to transpire during the next few years. Today, people are still finding Jesus. Family members find out about Jesus from each other. Friends find Jesus and then tell their friends. Like Philip, we say, come and see. And then Jesus finds each of us, finds us in our hearts and says, follow me. It's okay to go ahead and switch course in life to follow Jesus when he finds us, even without fully understanding. Like Philip and like Nathaniel, all that is required is to believe that Jesus is the Son of God, the Christ. When we believe that, we will have life in Jesus' name, just like the Apostle John writes in John tw chapter 20, verse 31. Jesus realizes that it takes a lifetime for us to fully comprehend the connection that he is between us and the Father. He's very patient with us in our learning and our growing, just as he was patient with Philip and Nathaniel. 
when he found them and they found him. Even so, today, in 2020, we have a much better understanding of those greater things. We can find God because of and through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. He is the permanent, fully accomplished means by which we find God who found us first. When Philip found Jesus that day in Galilee, he couldn't keep it to himself. That very day, probably within the hour, he hurried excitedly to help his friend Nathaniel find Jesus, the Messiah that they had been waiting for. We've all got friends and neighbors too. If the statistics are any indication, we could help them find Jesus, to invite them to come and see this one who can give eternal life. In these days of pandemic, national unrest, and all of our personal struggles, the promise of eternal life gives us great hope for the future. Over the course of our lifetimes, we continue on the journey of finding out more about Jesus, our connection to the Father. We call that sanctification gaining, growing in understanding and love for this Jesus, the one who gave his very life for us. In the words of Dale Bruner, in Jesus, God has at last been enfleshed and wonderfully exegeted, interpreted, explained, and revealed in human life. Everything that we grasp about Jesus helps us find out more and more about the marvelous love of the Father. Thanks be to God that he finds us and invites us to come and follow him. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for finding us for making a way for us to become your children through the sacrifice of Jesus. How marvel it is, marvelous it is for us to find you too. Enable us to keep on finding a deeper, fuller understanding of your love for us. Equip us and encourage us to invite others to find you too. We pray in the name of our rabbi and savior, Jesus, the Son of God and the King of Kings. Amen.
My friends, we've come to the end of our time of corporate worship together. And now, as we did at the beginning of the service, we hear God's words of blessing to us. I invite you to stand in body or in spirit, perhaps sit up a little straighter in your chair, stretch out your hands, all of it as a reminder and an indication of your receiving God's words of blessing. My friends, may the light of the glorious gospel of Christ shine in our hearts, transform our lives, and brighten the world. And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, rest upon you always. Amen.